Palm Sunday, the, the very first Palm Sunday, must have been a day of mixed emotions for the disciples. On the one hand, wasn't this what they'd been waiting for? Wasn't this what this was all about? Wasn't this why they left their friends and families to be with the Messiah, and now he was being welcomed into Jerusalem, welcomed as a conquering general, welcomed as a hero of the nation of Israel. Wasn't this what this was all for, they thought. But in the midst of all that celebration, Jesus' words didn't sound very celebratory. Mark chapter 8, verse 31, he says, he then, or the Bible says, he then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. They knew Jesus was the one. He was the one who had come to fulfill all that the prophets had foretold. How could this same crowd that was welcoming Jesus as their king call for his execution? And then, how could he rise again in three days? From this side of the resurrection, we get it. We understand what Jesus was talking about. But from the disciples' side, not yet knowing fully what the resurrection was, not even comprehending what Jesus was trying to tell them, none of this made sense. So after the triumphal entry, Jesus provides his disciples with some words of comfort. And here in John chapter 16, he describes how the counselor would come to them. How his spirit would come to dwell in them. And in verse 13, Jesus describes an important function that the spirit would provide. Verse 13 says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. In the midst of a confusing world, we can take great comfort to know the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. I don't think it's any news to any of us that we live in a world filled with confusion. It's hard to even imagine what it would have been like for the disciples during that final week of Jesus' ministry. There were the incredible moments of this triumphal entry as they walked along with Jesus. And they heard The welcoming cheers of the crowd. Wow, that must have been a moment. And then to hear Jesus' teachings on the Mount of Olives. His declaring His authority as Lord of all. And then to see Him display that authority as He went into the temple and He cleansed out all the money changers. Wow. 
It must have been amazing. But in the midst of that, there was this deep concern with what Jesus was telling them. Telling them that one of them, one of the disciples, would be the one who would betray him. Hearing Jesus' prayers at the Garden of Gethsemane, it didn't sound like prayers of victory. They sounded like the Son crying out to the Father. And then realizing their own failure. As they began to comprehend how serious the moment was, that they couldn't even stay awake and pray with Him. And then finally, there was the absolute horror of watching Jesus' arrest. They failed miserably in what they had promised Him. They'd all said, Lord, we won't let anyone harm you. We'll be right there beside you. Instead, they turned tail and ran. And then to hear those same voices that just days before had welcomed Jesus, now calling out, crucify him. And then the absolute despair of watching This one they called Lord, taking those final steps up Calvary. Of hearing the nails being driven into his hands and his feet. Of watching him. This was their Messiah. The chosen one. They watched him take his final breath on the cross. And then watched as his lifeless body was taken down and buried in a tomb. To say they didn't understand would be an understatement. This was beyond understanding. They would not understand until days later when they bowed before the resurrected Savior. Only then would they finally begin to put it all together, finally really comprehend the meaning of why He came. We've all been there. You've been there in those times of life when you thought nothing could stand in your way. And then you've been there in those devastating moments when the world came crashing down on top of you. So much of the ups and downs of life are because we only see a very small part of the whole picture. In the the good times, in the victorious times, we don't see the difficult times to come. And in the difficult times, we don't see how God is preparing us for a future of victory. We don't see how God has a solution even in those times of life when we see no way out. And we know the resurrection. We know the story of Easter. But even we don't 
begin to fully understand the power of what that all means. But one day we will. Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. He says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now, what we see It's like looking in a poorly made, dirty, cracked mirror. We can see something. We can kind of make out the reflection that is there. But it's hard to figure out exactly what it is. But one day, one day, those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ will stand before the Lord and we will understand it all. In the meantime, before that day comes, Jesus provides us with something amazing. Something that we learned last Sunday, he said is even better than if he were physically right here with us. How could it be better than that? Well, Jesus tells us he provides us with his spirit of truth. Listen again to to how Jesus indicates the extraordinary nature of what it is for us right here now today, something that was yet to come for the disciples, but that we know now today. Listen to how he describes this. He says in verse 13, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Jesus says, the Spirit is going to complete my teaching. He's going to guide you as believers into all truth. And he says, the Spirit speaks the words of the Father, just as I speak the words of the Father. It's a reference to that wonderful miracle of the Trinity. How we serve one God who displays Himself in these these wonderful fashions as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet three in one. Jesus says, I and the Father, we're, we're one. And so the Spirit speaks the words of the Father. Or to put it another way, what Jesus was telling the disciples, what our Savior is telling us, is that we have a direct connection To the throne of God. Now for one thing, that means we can know that the Holy Spirit will never lead us to do anything that contradicts God's Word. If you ever have a feeling or or hear someone teaching or read anything that contradicts the Bible... It's not the Holy Spirit that you're hearing. If it doesn't fit God's Word, it doesn't come from God. Conversely, as you read God's Word, the Holy Spirit will guide you into what it means. According to verse 13, the Spirit describes what is yet to come. Now, that that doesn't 
necessarily mean that we'll know the future. Most of the time we don't. The, the Holy Spirit can guide us into knowing the future, but most of the time that's not the case. He knows the future. But that phrase, what is yet to come, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that well, I can predict what's you know, going to happen tomorrow. It means something even more fantastic than that. It means the Holy Spirit guides us in the work of the kingdom of God. The followers of Christ may not be able to tell the future, but we know and we are guided by the one who not only knows the future, he holds the future in his hands. When I went to Yellowstone National Park, it was an absolutely amazing trip. I highly recommend, if you ever have the opportunity to go, that's one of those bucket list places to visit. Yellowstone is an amazing place. And as you go through the park, there are several different guided tours of some of the different features of that amazing place. And when... We went to uh, Yellowstone National Park. Uh, there were several places that when we got there, we just missed when, when the tour was, was leaving. So the group had already gone. So, so we had to just kind of walk the, the park pathway. And it was still amazing. I mean, it was still just uh, tremendous to look at all the amazing features that were there. And, 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 and we enjoyed that. And, but then when we actually caught one of the tours, and we were able to walk with the park ranger. He pointed out all kinds of things that we would have missed on our own. He, he described how the, the geysers, you know, those amazing natural features. Old Faithful is one of them, but in, in Yellowstone there's actually hundreds of them through the park. He described how geologists have, have learned how those geysers work, and, and because of that, they've been able to roughly predict when each of the geysers will erupt. He was an encyclopedia of knowledge about the park. He just he knew all the animals, he knew all the trees, he, he, he knew everything. He was just telling us all these incredible Facts and, and finally, one of the folks on the tour asked him, how do you remember all of this stuff? Because he wasn't reading it. I mean, he was just, just talking along as we were going down the trail. And he explained that he had been walking that particular trail for 30 years. For 25 of those years, he'd been working as a park ranger. That kind of explained it. For most of us, the future is a, a frightening prospect. We don't know what the future holds. And that scares us. We don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. And that's frightening. But it's not the case. When you know the one who holds the future in his hands. 
through His Holy Spirit, God will guide us through the days and the years to come, right on into eternity itself. Andre Crouch wrote a song several years ago that reminds us, I've got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know He's going to fix it for me. We don't have to fear the future. Because we know who will be there to guide us. The same one who's with us right now. What scares you the most about tomorrow? What paralyzes you today because you can't see around the corner of days to come? Folks, we can face tomorrow and today with confidence because God will be there for you. All this year we've been challenging you to find your one, to find that one thing that you can do to take a step forward in your walk uh, with the Lord. And each week we're offering you some ways to to do that. Uh, This week, I invite you to join us in inviting someone to come with you next Sunday to Easter service. Uh, We've got some little invitation cards back there on the back that says, Join us this Easter, and it gives the information about our service times and how it can be. Take as many of those as you want. we got a whole bunch of them. So take some of those, put them there at your office, put them in your purse, put them in your pocket. Just pass them out all this week. People, you just never know. Because just passing out a card, you know, that, that's not a big deal. But you're not just passing out a card. The Holy Spirit is going with you. And can empower that simple act to bring someone to hear the message of the risen Savior for the very first time. So we invite you to do that uh, this week. And men, I invite you to join us this Saturday, 9 o'clock. We'll be back here in Fellowship Hall. We'll have a pancake breakfast. And then right after, we'll go out here in the neighborhoods around the church and pass out some invitations to, to Easter Sunday the next morning. So, uh, again, you know, just doing that, uh, we're not just doing an advertisement. No, we're going to be going out praying that God's going to reach those families, those individuals, especially those folks who don't know the amazing story of Easter. They'll be here Sunday to hear. We invite you to invite someone to come join you for Easter Sunday. And we're trusting that God's Holy Spirit is going to work you. Heavenly Father, during this week that we commemorate your great sacrifice, how you gave your Son for us. And then next Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection, we pray that you would reveal to us that you would guide us as you have promised you would do, that you would open our eyes to the work of your kingdom. That what we're doing here at National Heights, we're not just going through a series of programs. No, Heavenly Father, we're allowing your Holy Spirit to work through us. Help us to see it that way. 
And we do pray that you would empower every ministry that we undertake, that we could see your Holy Spirit at work. God, even now we pray that your Spirit would work in the lives of the people seated in this room right now. Maybe there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you. Maybe for the first time they recognize their need for the Savior. Help them to find in you what they'll find nowhere else. To find everlasting life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.